Welcome to the Surly Horns Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 10, and we had a change of schedule, but we have a fill-in. RGB3, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm super excited. Um, You changed the schedule. We're recording on a Tuesday again. Um, I'm going to South Carolina this uh, rest of this week, uh, Wednesday through Saturday. Super excited. Uh, Me and the wife, um, two other couples, heading down to South Kakalaki to go eat some barbecue. Um, Probably catch the Rona. So great, great times are going to be had. <laughs> and then uh, our, our guest this week is Josh from the Fire Whoever the Head Coach is at Texas podcast, which right now it's the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I know we've been uh, talking about doing this for quite a while, so I'm glad we were finally able to find a a good reason to actually make this happen because I, I think for the longest time, I think you hit me up more than a year ago at this point about being on the podcast. So I'm glad we were finally able to make it work. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, not to, not to shit on you, but we did have a former player interview scheduled for today and said former player, he's, he'll be back. He's sick. We can't say who, who it is, but it's a big um, one. Former top 100 good. recruit. Yeah. 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 Former yeah. top 100 recruit. So it's a big chunky boy. I mean, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. That's definitely a more interesting contribution than I'm going to add here, I'm sure. Oh, we would add you. We were just swapping you. <laughs> yeah, Josh, who's I'm sure is just as athletic, um, you know, has all the skills, at least on the microphone. So Definitely definitely drafted at, it as at least as high a position as this yep. player probably was. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> so... How about all of this intro music, right? So we, we started last week with a very, very simple uh, piece of music, and PhD Horn has since taken that and created uh, a whole bass line, drums, guitar. What do you guys think about this intro music? He's the doctor of music now. Yeah, screw PhD Horn. I mean, he's 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 doc he's Doctor Beats. Let's go. Yeah, no, it's starting it's starting to really come together. Um, you know, once everything gets blended and mixed well, um, I, obviously I know nothing about music, um, except my karaoke talent. Um, you know, obviously I'm a max, the, uh, the, the band leader. Um, it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If y'all haven't checked that thread out, y'all have to listen to I'm a max, um, pep death metal phase, I guess is what I'll call it. Even though I don't think you can ever grow out of that. I think that's just with you forever. So uh, I will say this: we're going to give this feedback in the thread, but drop the slide guitars. It was a it was a cool idea in the thread. It's a it sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the other stuff's working though. So obviously the the version that we played or we're going to play on our intro, uh, let's 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 work from there, and we'll forget the slides. <laughs> I'm glad you guys don't pull any punches on that. That's. That's good that you're just willing to lay into people. Just let oh, them yeah, know. The people that, that are that working for free. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> guys that are doing this for absolutely nothing except maybe some positive rep. <laughs> Bunch of fucking Thanks. clout chasers. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for yeah. your contribution. You yeah. fucking suck. The fuck That's around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this South Carolina trip that you're going to be taking. You know, I got this for me and all my buddies. Uh, we did one last year. We went to Oregon. We went to wine country. Super nice. You know, that was right when Corona hit. Literally, we're getting off the plane and they canceled the Houston rodeo. Like, holy shit. Okay. Well, whatever. That, we're here. How do you Oregon. say that? Is it the is it the Willamette or the, the Willamette? Yeah, Willamette Valley. Um, really awesome. Um, it's like a tiny town. And we got this guy to um, basically, or I guess it was a chick. She um, 
took our rental van and just drove us to every single winery it in two straight days just every single winery so you got a nice little wine drunk you know got you sandwiches really cool spot um but that was when corona like just happened like houston livestock show and rodeo gets canceled we're getting off the plane like holy shit okay so this is real so you know we're hand sanitizing up masks are not a thing at this point um anyway we're reliving that from you know this last year we decided hey we'll stay closer to home let's go to let's go to charleston south carolina you know we hear great things about it i'm super excited to try rodney scott's barbecue um we bought these in like early December um, to surprise our wives for Christmas. We we're thinking at the time, oh yeah, more people are going to be vaccinated. It's not going to be a big, you know, there's not going to be a lot of people on a Wednesday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday is going to be pretty, you know, it's not, people aren't going to be out. Well, what we didn't realize was um, tomorrow, as we were recording this, um, this is three sixteen. Um, tomorrow it is spring break in South Carolina for all of the colleges <laughs> and all of the high schools. And it's also St. Patrick's Day. So we just bought tickets to just a mass spreader event. So um, I haven't been vaccinated yet. One of my buddies has, but I think that's it out of our group. So um, I guess we're going to fuck around. Can you and use him out. as a meat shield? Can you, <laughs> yeah. can you just like uh, everybody else just walks behind that guy and, and it, it can be like um, where he has a tube that comes out and, and just feeds you guys air? I would say that, but uh, he's like 140 pounds soaking wet when my other buddy is like 6'5", should have played football at, at Texas, and uh, I'm like, you know, 200 pounds. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be blocking much of anything. <laughs> it's like when Malcolm X tries to block somebody, just immediately pass through. So, um, so next, week, <laughs> yeah. next week's podcast probably going to get delayed because RGB3 probably got the Rona. So hopefully this is the one prediction that I'm wrong about again. <laughs> yeah you haven't been wrong on any other predictions so ever, far on this podcast ever. so i'm no all up here guys crystal ball let's go <laughs> show me a loss exactly. show me a loss and i'm pretty sure you don't need the vaccine once you have the antibodies so I oh mean, yeah you're really getting a jump you're kind of cutting in line if you get right down to it's it. like a chicken pox party like you know where where all the parents <laughs> used to people to you know if one kid gets chicken pox and they have a big old party and everybody gets chicken pox well we're just doing that but with green beer and 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 good barbecue so i guess we're just like i said we're just gonna fuck around and find out <laughs> So that is this is this a barbecue update or a Rona update? If we're doing Rona updates, I got my second vaccine today. I'm there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm whatever nine or ten days away from. I'm just gonna fucking walk around without a mask and have the vaccine card laminated, just hanging from my neck. <laughs> just be like this, this motherfucker, licking elevator button. <laughs> get the press pass badge like you get for getting on the getting on the field just wear that around the whole time just <laughs> just breathing in people's coughs for no reason just i can take this my body can handle it i will say though i had a doctor friend he got the rona um after getting both shots so it can still happen so not to shit all over your fucking parade of getting the second shot but watch watch you get the rona after your shot and me not in this super spreader event so <laughs> Have you had any close calls, Josh, with the Rona? A uh, couple guys at work have gotten it, but I mean, I've I've gotten to have the brain swab a couple times, gotten to gag on that a few times, and so far I've I've been lucky. I haven't had anything happen. I don't I don't think I'm even scheduled in my state to be able to uh, actually get 
vaccinated for the next two weeks or so, which is really killing my vibe for trying to go see Godzilla versus Kong in theaters. That's really all I'm focused on this spring outside of spring practice. So uh, that's what I'm hear, looking forward did to. Hear, did you hear RGB3's um, prediction for that movie? I, Since he's I, always right. I said the whole movie. And if I'm right, I mean, I'm just good for the rest of the what, year. I, I mean, what, what was the prediction? I, I got to hear it. I, maybe the I entire script. I mean, if we get if we're gonna go over the entire script again, so Godzilla versus Kong—that's how they're building it up. So Godzilla, he's starting to attack people. Oh no, uh-huh. Godzilla's starting to attack people. What's going on? This isn't this is unlike him. He was defending, you know, America or the world or whatever and humans. We better get King Kong to fight his ass. They go, they get King Kong, King Kong, Godzilla. They're fighting it out, fighting it out. Turns out they're not mad at each other. They're not gonna end up fighting each other. Godzilla was pissed because they created Mecha Godzilla. And so that's why he's mad at all the people. And so Godzilla and Kong team up and fight Mecha Godzilla at the end and just pay me my money. I mean, that's what the script is. I wrote it. <laughs> I, I came up with it. That's, I, there's no there's nothing else that could possibly happen in that movie besides them both teaming up to fight Mecha Godzilla. It's going to that, that's the that's the only way it can go. That's yeah. the only way. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you 100. Because Definitely there can't be a winner. That's the biggest thing. There can't be a winner. It's the same thing as when you had Alien versus Predator, where he had um, it was a uh, Freddy versus Jason. There's never a winner. They never want to deem like, oh, this one beat this one. Um, so it's always some kind of draw where they team up and then fight. You know, the, another big bad at the end of it. Because didn't Jason literally decapitate Freddy at the end of that movie? But then he smiled afterwards. So could it? But have he been has no body. This is some flesh wound shit going hey, on. Hey, Monty Python, Black Knight. Just, you know, he might just take a big old nibble out of his neck or something. Who knows? Either way, that's how it always ends up. And I've actually, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. But I remember he like smiled at the end. He was still alive somehow. I don't know. Enough about shitty movies. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some shitty emails. Yes. Wow. There we go. What a transition. <laughs> Josh actually is is the one that got that dump for us, and yeah. uh, you know I promptly uploaded it and fucked that up pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'm not very good at technology, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you just programmed the site. What? Why would you need to be have any technological aptitude for that? Yeah, and edits a podcast. So if y'all have problems with the editing, you know who to blame, and it's not me. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, FOIA. Thank you, Freedom of Information Act. Um, here we are with just a bunch of racist shit. Not to be confused with FUPA, which is the <laughs> fat upper pussy area. Yeah, I, I did learn that this whole this whole thing basically started off as a, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to try and figure out how to request all of this information from the university. And it turns out it's really fucking easy. They have a web page and everything for it. But I, I think the biggest thing that I took away from it is that if it's this easy here, all the state schools have to be this easy. So needless to say, there will be a follow-up episode coming with oh, all yeah. the emails that Texas A&M donors Soul sent Ross. in <laughs> for that Sol Ross statue because there's no way that there wasn't some shitty stuff in there. I'm not letting Texas Tribune only lay into the University of Texas and have Aggie get off scot-free. Once we get it. So not only are we going to talk about that on the podcast, I'm going to write an article on Surly Horns that we're going to post it and we're going to blast it everywhere. It is going to be blasted everywhere because that's what they deserve at this point. I want Texas Tribune to be quoting us next time because, um, yeah, the way I mean, a lot of these emails, there was a lot of bad stuff in there to be expected. We already saw a lot of bad stuff in the original article. There are also 
there wasn't some bad, there wasn't that much bad stuff. You know, I would say it's like one out of every four or five was, you know, borderline one out of every 10 was really fucking bad. And then the other, you know, four or five was stupid as hell. It was dorky as hell. Them rewriting the fucking, <laughs> some fucking straight up spam. I guess they just included a lot of the spam emails. People yeah, I wonder like, if they hey, can you promote my site? It's almost like they knew the story was going to break and they were like, yo, shout out. Check out my fucking SoundCloud, bro. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were hitting them with those follow up tweets. Like, as long as you guys are here, need you to back me up on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of garbage in there. Uh, there. There is a lot of fucked up shit. Made it really easy to see how the Texas Tribune could write the article that they wrote. But I mean, I. From what I got, two files totaling 3,500 pages. So, I mean, even if it is only one out of every 10 being some fucked up shit, it's a lot of chances for yeah. it to be fucked up. So, it, it's not hard to find that content. But, yeah, that I think the most overwhelming thing that I've seen a lot of is just stupid people being stupid. Not even racist people, but, yeah, the lyrics being rewritten. The lyrics was the All best. of those. The lyrics is great. The, the mind of Texas is upon you. Hell, the orange and white. That's fucking lame, bro. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's that sounds it's like, all terrible. That's Aggie stuff right there. That's that's full bore Aggie. <laughs> it would be Aggie if there was if there was like narrow, you know, like without the V, where you just like narrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, anyone who suggests rewriting the song, it, it like if you want to replace the eyes of Texas, I don't really give a fuck if you want to replace it or not but you can't write some new shit. Cause you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you get the greatest songwriter of all time to write a fucking song. It's going to sound like dog shit after you've got this much history behind the eyes of Texas. If you're going to replace it, you just go for some other garbage song that was written back in like the forties or something that everyone forgot and be like, Oh yeah, this has been around for forever. It's been and a decade. It's going to be racist after. So, but uh... <laughs> no, that's the thing is since we all forgot about it, no one wrote anything down about this other piece of shit tune we wrote back there, but at least it sounds sort of old. So Sounds traditional. You mean you don't want to hear the skies of Texas are above you all the live long day? The skies of Texas are above you, welcoming you to stay. Uh, I'm just going to put her shit on blast. Aurelia Stromberg, I'm sure you listened to the podcast and that was terrible. Do better. <laughs> do better, but keep trying. Yeah, but do better. And send it to us. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you need to get on Surly Horns, you guys are still looking for uh, lyrics for your intro, right? Yep, we that's are. true. That she's your girl right there. She's got them for you right there. Oh man! I mean, I wonder if she was like uh, one of those songwriters for the Grammy Award winners that we just saw. Did you watch the Grammys? I know we don't have it on our list of things to talk about. I did not watch the Grammys, but nope. I did hear a few um, middle-aged to later in age white women talking about it, uh, and they were like, "Did you see Cardi B with the oh, wet God. ass pussy?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the the wop is a is a good conversation starter for sure um yeah that 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 song imagine going back in like i don't know when when salt and pepper dropped um let's talk about sex baby like people were up in arms about that um macaroni in a pot that's some wet that's some wet is a lyric back in 1990 that would have melted fucking faces off oh my that lord is, that's a very strong it's a very strong lyric oh yeah the whole of human existence has built up to the moment where wet ass pussy could be <laughs> performed live on the grammys 
there's a there's a key component missing to that song to keep it from actually being a great piece of music is only one they they should have recorded yeah only one there's not yeah this is the the thing that would have made this song legendary and iconic for like aliens and the future state where we like you know put it on those like impenetrable discs it's there, there should have been a pot of macaroni that they actually just fucking make the sound. Stir it. Yeah. <laughs> just stir that pot of macaroni on track. And every time you perform the fucking song live, you have to have a thing of mac and cheese that you stir in the mic and then throw it in the crowd. <laughs> Speaking of stirring the pot, some people's shit got put on blast in that thread. Oh man, people's people's degrees, people's mm. workplaces, uh, people's oh, yeah. promote my website.com, which looks like it was yeah. built Chris on like Osborne. Hey, a Neoscape forum. Fucking piece of shit. Congratulations. <laughs> this is the fucking internet, bro. You fucking emailed a public university with some racist ass shit. Welcome to the fucking internet, bro. <laughs> like it, it, all you have to do is just not say racist shit in a public forum like all you have to do is just not do that with your with your your name attached and you know my favorite part is like they they like to put their degrees behind in their email signatures like man my my bachelor of arts in in geology is really going to mean a lot to 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 jay hartzell whenever he finally reads this shit this is what's going to really bring it all home i no 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 i learned about rocks at ut so i think you can trust me there's a lot of good ones in here and i really like how absolutely random the redacting is in these emails there are people whose phone numbers got left in here that are ripe for another like i'm in hydraulic situation that's that's what's coming so i love the the dissenters the naysayers in the thread that are like i don't get it this fucking thread sucks why did you do this what are you doing and it's like do you not understand the texas tribune wrote a fucking hit piece and it was a really shitty thing to do because they wrote this hit piece about these emails that now everybody wants to read. And, you know, Josh was smart enough to ask for because they're fucking public domain and put these people's shit on blast. Right. Don't let the, the problem with racists is putting their shit on blast. It's not OK to be fucking racist. So don't send fucking emails to a public university being a fucking racist asshole and expect the full force of the market to be like, yeah, fuck this person. Yep. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's these closet racists that are part of the things that you know, per, you know, per uh, perpetuating the stereotype of what the Texas Tribune wants to write about. Um, it's these people that, oh man, they're hiding under what they. I mean, every single person that sent an email probably thought that was fully anonymous. They did not expect that to get put on blast. You're part of the problem. If the shit that you say at home. I don't care if it's, you know, you thought it was an anonymous platform. Fuck you. You're racist. I don't care if you, if even if you're thinking it, it's, it's a racist thing to do. Like just, just don't do that and you won't have your shit put on blast. So uh, congratulations. This shit will be out there forever. And as it deserves to be just do better. Yeah. Cause I'm hosting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much of this information it turns out you can just find if you just go, Hey, can, Can you I tell them? me who the racists are? And they're like, yeah, here's 3,500 pages of them. <laughs> like, go to town. Have fun looking. It's not hard to find you people. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting because 
these emails, they're going to take quite a, a long time to get through. And it's, we're talking about some of the funnier things that we just found in the first. Well, Josh here has read 900 pages of them. Um, I don't think that we, we quite got as far into the second version. I mean, there is going to be nine. <laughs> there's content for, for days in oh, yeah. there. Um, and it, it's, it's really just fascinating to me that these people don't understand the Internet at like at all like you don't understand how any of this works or like why this is happening to you or any of that um the good news is um you can apparently be a huge asshole on surly horns and and nobody knows who your real name is because i actually take security seriously but I will put your shit on blast if you start saying some racist shit on Surly Horns. My, my favorite were the emails where some guy at his workplace or whatever decides to be a, a badass and show his friends like, oh, I'm going to fucking email the president. Watch this shit. It's going to be badass. And CCs every single person and literally lists them off and says, yeah, all of these people agree with me and just says the most racist shit to the fucking to <laughs> Jay Hartzell. And tags all of them and then has his professional email signature on there so I can be sure that I'm about to talk shit about the right person. I'm going to add them all on LinkedIn. Every single one of them. <laughs> I, I, want, I, I want them all to know when it pops up like so-and-so has been viewing your profile. They're going to know that that's why I'm, I was looking. I wonder if there's a way on LinkedIn to um, just like actually make a profile that it seems like real uh like a person's name and you just add a bunch of these random racist fucks and then after you change the name to i'm a piece of shit racist <laughs> like something is the image so that way when it's like friends in common or like whatever it's like this person has been tagged as a racist yeah no we're, we'll we'll do a, a surly horns uh business page and we'll add we'll follow nothing but every single one of these people in there and then eventually we'll just change it to if i'm following you you're racist <laughs> at the end of it <laughs> you got to you got to get in on the endorsements page if you can add in being racist as like one of their skills and just get a bunch of people to pile on that way it's the top skill that pops up for them <laughs> i also you know i i feel strongly about the the longhorn band situation as well and them not showing up and uh, whatever but not to the point where it's like man fuck these kids take away their scholarship and get them out of school it's like what the fuck are you talking about man just like if they don't want to play the song they i agree they probably shouldn't be in the band because it's not really their fucking call. But that doesn't mean they can't go to school and whatever. And then everybody's acting like these fucking kids are on some fool ride or something from playing the tuba. That's not how the fucking <laughs> Longhorn Band works, people. It's mostly, like, if you get a scholarship, it's usually, for, like, enough for books and shit. We've had plenty of people that have been in the band on the site, and they talked about it in that abortion of a thread. And I know nobody's going to go back and read those comments, but it really is just shitty to go and blame this whole Eyes of Texas thing um, on the, the Longhorn band. And these people that write these emails are just out of their fucking minds. I mean, if they didn't want to be the target of this, they wouldn't have accepted literally hundreds of dollars worth of scholarship opportunities <laughs> to play piccolo dollars. for the yeah. Longhorn Band. People think that Sam Ellinger and and some you know four string tuba is getting the same amount of money. Yeah, that's how that Just works. Just wait until that name, image, and likeness stuff goes oh, yeah. through. Those tubas are going to be rolling in it. There's going to be a, a, a yeah a, a flute player on the cover of NCAA 22. <laughs>
sousaphone. <laughs> the lead sousaphone is going to be in the commercial for Covert Motors, hitting you up with that F two fifty for the next recruit. Yeah, yo yo ma playing the fucking cello. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if anybody can even in the podcast thread reply, not don't fucking cheat and use Google and shit. Like, if you can, if you can give me the name of last year's drum major, I'll be fucking impressed. So don't act like these these people are just these super outspoken leaders of the community. And we're, we're like, fuck off, man. They're a bunch of dweebs that play in the fucking band and they, they do marching band shit and they kind of like football, but maybe not. Maybe they just like to fuck themselves with flutes. Who knows? <laughs> They're nerds. One time in band. band nerds. <laughs> Whew. We should probably move on before we get into some cloakroom shit, right? <laughs> oh, it, it could get real dark, so. No uh, I'm I'm in favor of sliding on. <laughs> sliding on in to talking about what's going to start on Monday of next week. Spring practice. Holy Football. shit. We're back, baby. Already. I've never Thank been this God. excited. I've never been this excited for a spring practice, including Tom Herman. It's it's God. It's going to feel like uh, it's when you smoke like four cigars um, the night before, and then you finally brush your teeth and drink a bunch of mouthwash and drink a gallon of water. Just how refreshing it's going to be to see competence and um, non assholery um, playing football. And that happens starting Monday. I can't wait. The last time I can even actually remember giving a fuck or paying attention to spring games or spring practice or spring anything at all was the transitional year where Shane Bouchelle was fighting for QB1. And I remember going to the orange and white game and being like, man, this kid can fucking throw the ball. This guy's going to end up starting. And then he did, and that was awesome, and I was super stoked about that because there hadn't been a guy that that looked that good in a really long time. But then, you know, once Sam kind of took the reins, it was unexciting. There was nothing that I was real particularly excited to see from the spring practice, and part of that, I guess, is just Tom Herman. Part of that is maybe, you know, Charlie Strong just sucked and wasn't innovative at all. I really want to see some of this explosiveness that they've been working on from the strength and conditioning program and see how that translates to some of the players that we saw last year. Are they leaner? Are they meaner? Are they starting to get a little bit faster from just, you know, the three months of workouts that they've had with um, this new staff. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to just see the new scheming and everything and how the players respond to it. I mean, it, it all comes down for spring practice. I think, Without a without a quarterback battle, things are just boring. I don't care if it's Tom Herman. I don't care if it's Charlie Strong. If you don't have an actual quarterback battle, no one gives a shit about spring practice. I don't care if every other position on the roster turned over. No one gives a shit unless the quarterback is up for grabs, and that's what it is this year. Yeah, it's splitting sides. You know, I think that's I think you know it's it's kind of nice to divide the fan base a little bit until you know things get really into the thick of it. I mean, shit, we are still debating Sims versus Applewhite. <laughs> 25 years later um so you know i think i think it's i think it's going to be good for the team it's going to be fun to watch um you know i'm sure there's going to be a lot of 995 reports come out you know who's leading and who's doing what but really i think the the 
my favorite thing is just going to see the innovation. Um, you know, like I'm a max said about the explosion. I want to see the innovation, um, but on the offensive side and the defensive side, um, cause it's been a while. I mean, we've seen Tom, Charlie strong, you know, the shitty, just the shittiest offense you've ever seen in your entire life with Sean Watson. And then, you know, with Tom Herman, um, he added a couple of wrinkles that first year, you know, maybe changed a couple things up the second year and it's just stagnant from then. Um, so it'll be nice to see, um, some offensive innovation. Finally, you know, we've, I mean, that was the most excited I got for a national t- championship game that Texas hasn't been in in years and years and years. And if we see any kind of that creativity, um, in spring, that's going to be awesome. But not only that, but the defensive creativity as well with PK, uh, I don't think a lot of us have watched a ton of PK film with, from Washington, you know, they played in some big games and obviously if you're, you know, still up late drinking and you'll throw a Washington game on at 10 o'clock at night, but it's going to be cool to see how he mixes his fronts, how he, you know, interchanges personnel, how he uses certain players in different ways that we just frankly haven't seen, you know, Chris Ash was just so vanilla, um, which was great. You know, it let athletes be athletes. Uh, and then Todd Orlando, you know, when he came, he kind of, you know, put a jolt in the program, um, you know, especially after guys like fucking Vance Bedford, but then he got stagnant. So it'll be interesting to see a guy that's lasted, you know, I think it's like 10 years at Washington um, coming up with new innovative play styles, how he's going to adapt to not only the big 12, but a Steve Sarkeesian offense. Even, I mean, if, if there's ever going to be a test against our defense, it's going to be in practice. Well, and we're going to get to see how true the rumors were about Tom Herman favoring some of the older guys and letting them play over people that were actually outperforming them in practice. Um, One thing that was pretty notorious and and really obvious, uh, it's fucking look at Bijan Robinson. Why the fuck was that guy not RB1 the whole year? You knew from from game one that that guy was fucking RB1. What the fuck is Keontae still doing out there? And I get it. You know, Keontae's a senior. He's been here a while. You recruited him. You helped develop. Like, fuck off. He's not the best fucking running back. Put the best player in the position. And I think we may see some of these young guys that didn't get the playing time that they deserved. I mean, Jake Smith, what the fuck? Where was Jake Smith all, all year? Like, I want to see what happens and what players are really getting the, the bulk of these snaps after the coaches have gotten a really good look at these guys. Cade Brewer versus Jared Wiley. I mean, that's all, that's the only example you need. You know, Cade, I mean, Cade Brewer is below average at best. And Jared <laughs> Wiley looks like a, I think he's going to be a top three round tight end. I think he has the physical tools to do that. And it's just about or just getting him out there you know, and stop letting Kai money take snaps over guys like even, even it's not even guys that, you, you know, it's Kai money over Avante Woodard, who was a, you know, a top, you know, 150 recruit, um, you know, seeing those natural athletes, they, they just played their favorites so much, you know, Brennan Schooler, I think he can be a great special teams guy, but getting 30 snaps a game at wide receiver. No, thank you. You know, there's enough talent in Texas that you do not need to play Brennan Schooler and and Kai Money at all. Yeah, I mean, it was a good story against uh, UTEP to see Kai Money get in there and get a score. But after about the fifth or sixth time, what the fuck? It is the second quarter against Tech. Why is Kai Money out there? You're running screen plays with him. You're running screen plays with him either blocking or catching the ball. What are you doing? No. Get it into Brennan Eagle's hands. Get it into Jake Smith's hands. Get it into Josh Moore's hands, who was underutilized. You know, it's it's crazy. It's, it's Josh. It's Joshua. Joshua. Moore. Joshua Moore. Just Joshua. by Joshua. Yeah. 
It's crazy. But yeah, so we got position battle. So I know I'm a Mac and myself. We both favored card in the quarterback battle. Who you got, Josh? I mean, I do like card. I think it's going to be very interesting just with Steve Sarkeesian's past is much more focused on the the guy who's more comfortable in the pocket uh, and not a lot of mobility. But from everything we've heard from the previous coaching staff, from postmortems about the previous coaching staff, is they fucking loved Hudson Card's arm. Yeah, they did. And if he simultaneously has the better arm and that just absurd agility and athleticism that we saw flashes of in his limited like garbage time snaps in a couple games last year, I think that's what really adds that intrigue is there's not the one guy who's the better pocket passer or yep. the guy who's just the better athlete is on paper and from what we've heard behind the scenes, it sounds like Card is the better guy, but it's also at the same time, what you saw from Casey in the Alamo Bowl makes you, it, it makes it hard to just be like, well, there, how can Card be better than that already? Is he yep. better than that already? His ceiling is insane. Yeah, so. I think at some point next year, we're going to be talking about why didn't Tom Herman look at at least sitting Sam Ellinger when he was injured and playing one of these guys because I think either way we go, um, they'll be fine. Um, you know, I favor Card. I think uh, I think he has a little more athleticism to him, um, and I think he has a little bit more of that um, that it factor, I guess. Um, but I mean, Casey Thompson, I went back and rewatched the uh, the Alamo Bowl the other day, and there's one throw where he had a defender in his face. He pump faked, stepped to his right, and threw an absolute dime that I don't think I ever saw in four years of Sam Ellinger. Um, but at the same token, Hudson Card had a play where he was so athletic that they're running an option play, and I thought he was for sure on the ground, and he pitches it behind him. Um, it, but he's it, got small hands, dude. He does have small hands. So, so I do, <laughs> you know, that's that's a legitimate concern. You know, you do have to worry. I mean, the kid's, what, 19 years old, um, and he, he does have supposedly has small hands, but he's also slighter than Casey. Um, you know, you're not going to see in, in Sark's offense, uh, a bunch of Sam Elling or quarterback power, um, 30 times a game, but you know, these guys still are going to be running it behind a young offensive line. So at some point you do have to think, you know, um, who should start that first game. Um, you might think about starting Casey Thompson just because, Hey, let the offensive line adapt. K- Thompson's also probably more likely to transfer out if he doesn't win the starting gig. Um, which I think should be a big factor because behind him, it's Cole Lord and Charles Wright. That's it. Um, and uh, I can't remember the walk-on's name, but yeah, it's 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 pretty bleak behind them. So uh, either way, uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I really hate that feeling of when it when it seems like your your decisions are being made because if you get if you give the job to one guy and the the other guy steps up that the other guy's going to transfer out. And I hate that feeling of being sort of handicapped by that. Uh, at the same time, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made. Casey has obviously had a ton more time, even just in practice where you'd hope maybe that maybe the game has slowed down more for him. And I think, I don't think there's anyone who would argue that card ceiling is not immensely higher than Casey Thompson. It's just whether or not Casey Thompson is there right now is Casey Thompson at his ceiling and hard is and card is still trying to get there. Um, I, I think card ends up in his career being the better player, but at, at this point I, I fully expect Casey Thompson to be the guy out there for the first. I honestly against. think, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's walking into an incredible situation where uh, it, 
it's great to have these two young quarterbacks who look like they're going to be both incredible, whether they, they both end up starting half and half, whether they share snaps, whatever it is. I think that, that Sarkeesian can actually get pretty creative and alleviate some of the necessity for the quarterback to carry as hard as Sam Ellinger did the last four years. Because he's actually going to use Bajan Robinson and this elite backfield that that Stan Drayton is putting together. And these strength and conditioning guys are going to really get into shape to run. And so that, I think, is actually going to open up, at least for this season. I, I think you can feasibly see both of those guys getting substantial game time so that he can make a real decision for next year. Yeah. Um, and, and, but you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm fully with you, especially you got to think too. So, um, one thing I think that benefits Casey Thompson a lot is, um, with Sark coming in, um, you know, he said before, you know, I wouldn't go to a school that didn't have a quarterback in place. And obviously he saw the Alamo bowl. So I think, you know, in, in the back of his mind, he might already be, already be thinking Casey Thompson, but at some point, you know, I'm sure they put feelers out about Hudson Card, and I'm sure they probably recruited him in some form or fashion. Um, I think one of the biggest things that you look for now is that redshirt year or the COVID year getting that extra year of eligibility. So now if you're looking at Casey Thompson as redshirt junior and you had two years with him versus four years of Hudson Card, who are you going to pick if the battle's close? Now you have three years of Thompson and still have four years of Card. So, you know, how does that factor in of, hey, look, you know, if Casey Thompson is clearly the clearly the better guy and I still get three years out of him, let's make him the guy versus, oh, crap, he only has two years left. Hudson Card, he's not as good, but I get four years out of him. He can develop more. You know, let's go ahead and give it to, give it to Hudson Card. And if Casey Thompson transfer out that sucks but you know there it is um so i i wonder how the um, you know that that time frame and not just this year but the following year is going to be you know impacted with this quarterback decision that's coming up in a month it's crazy and then we've got to figure out who the hell they're throwing the ball to right because there's a, a basically greenfield stable of of wide receivers with the exception of joshua moore pretty much um I mean, you had Whittington and O'Mary like a little bit, but they were never, you know, the number one guys or even really the slot guys. They they were just rotated in. Um, nobody was a true starter last season. Yep. I mean, that was I mean, that was Herman's. I think it was one of his biggest downfalls um, as a coach was just his how often he replaced people. It was just constant, just switching out, switching out and taking in, you know, Bijan Robinson would get into, you know, kind of a rhythm and then take him out. Joshua Moore get into a rhythm, take them out. And, you know, Brennan Eagles, you know, three snaps, take them out. And it's just like, you can't build, you know, any kind of state sustainability. You can't uh, begin to pick on, you know, a defensive starter. Hey, look, I found a mismatch in the defense, you know, Hey, well, guess what, Joshua Moore, you had your three snaps now come out. I, I need to play Kai fucking money. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean, they, they have so many guys. They, so Jake Smith, um, Jordan Winnington in the slot, um yeah Troy Amiri I uh, can't wait to see him from everything we've heard and then I'm a, I've always been a huge Marcus Washington guy um coming out I coming out of high school I thought he was going to be a starter immediately um and then you have Joshua Moore and supposedly they love Kelvante Dixon uh Keontae Ingram's younger brother too so uh, I know he has got a lot of speed and he caught a touchdown in the Alamo Bowl too so th- there really is a lot of talent for three four spots yeah I think the biggest thing that I'm looking for is going to be seeing that transition to the the speed 
Herman had that big obsession with just those big body, theoretically big catch radius type guys. Colin Johnson. Yeah. Colin Johnson, exactly. Colin Lynn Johnson Jordan. or letting Brennan Eagle stay out there even when he's getting hit in the face with the fucking football and not catching it. Oh, um, we just didn't have a lot of those guys who could just get away from people. I think if we're able to rely on that more, get Jake Smith out there regularly because he seemed like last year about the only guy we had who could beat man coverage, not counting managing to scheme Jordan Whittington open because everyone, including us, fucking forgot that he existed last year. So just finding creative ways to get that speed on the field, get Josh Moore out there, get Jordan Whittington, get Jake Smith all out there, and then have that one spot for a guy like O'Meary, who is more in that mold of being slower, but he's got the monster catch radius. I I just want to see how those those things get deployed for the wide receiver core. Well, who knows if they're going to still be like, you can't really take last year's speed or anything from, I mean, who knows what the fuck they're doing, right? We had Caden Stearns run a fucking four, four something. Yeah. The, the pro day. What the fuck are they doing with the strength and conditioning program now? I mean, they, they must be doing something way different unless they've been working out on their own or, or something. No, like that. I, I mean, I think works. that's what, um that's what Tory Becton's been teaching is explosiveness over Yancey McKnight was teaching bulk, 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 you know, um, power. Um, so I'll take explosion, especially in the big 12, you know, we're not going against Kansas state every single game where it's, you know, we need power, 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 power. You know, we want to be the strongest. It's like, Hey, let's all gas, no breaks. Let's be the fastest baby. And you know, a guy like Jake Smith, who, I mean, Gatorade player of the year, like speed for days, you know, coming out of Arizona. And then now you're using him on just crappy three yard dump offs that you're just like, hey, go make it happen, bitch boy. Like (laughs) that's it's it's and it's and it's being able to scheme those guys. So you mentioned O'Meary where it's like, you know, have that one big guy. Well, now you have three speed guys and one big guy. You can use that speed to create mismatches and to scheme a big guy open instead of having three big guys and okay, well there's the speed guy. I got to cover him, um, you know, press him at the line of scrimmage and the other guys, they can't beat man coverage. So, um, you know, we don't really have anything to worry about. We'll press them all and we're, we'll, we'll be fine. You know um, it's, it's, yeah, it really is just come down to scheme and then being able to fit your personnel and, and feeding the studs. Like we just keep bringing up and over and over. It's just feed Bijan, you know, Joshua Moore, if you're on a tear, like, he sometimes got if O'Meary is what they they've been hyping up in fall camp. And if Jake Smith lives up to his talent, they're your starters. I mean, that's that's it. Put O'Meary and Josh Moore on the outside and then Jake Smith in the slot. Boom happens. And just throw for fucking yards. Yeah. You know, let, yeah. let Jordan win and throw some, you know, some kind of Jalen Waddle shit. Maybe, you know, maybe now that he's not focusing so much on being a bodybuilder like his brother, maybe he's focusing more on his explosion. Maybe that maybe he's his core muscles start to like not just deteriorate like an 80 year old fucking grandpa. I mean, just it's not that hard. Just let the guy do do a bunch of yoga exercise, run his four four forty, and just catch fucking balls for days. Let's go. Now, maybe these offensive linemen won't have rubber bands for knees. That would be um, nice. <laughs> or, or Herb Hand teaching them how to just not block a stunt to save their life. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, if I, I'm pretty sure if I see us pick up a stunt in game one, I'm probably going to come right Oh, now. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> just turn the rest of the game. I don't care if it's just Louisiana. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm tapped out. I need like a month. Oh, just Sam Ellinger running for his fucking life every play. It's yeah, I mean, and and I think it's, you know, it's it's one thing that, you know, they are 
they're a youthful squad, I guess. Um, especially you're looking at two, maybe three um, redshirt freshmen starting. Um, that's probably not ideal. Uh, but at the same time, you do have the opportunity for growth with an actual coach. You know, if you told me you had three redshirt freshmen starting under Herb Hand, oh my God, <laughs> just just Card Carter Thompson, um, which one survives is is going to be the question. But now you can talk about okay, Kyle Flood might actually be able to teach these guys, and some of these guys started to look good at the end of the year. Um, Carriage, uh, uh, Jake Majors, I think might be a four or five year starter at center, which is awesome. Um, so I mean, yeah, well, there's there's a ton of talent. It's just utilizing it in the right way. Please, God, one time. In my life. And I think I think it's very telling given the caliber of O-line coach that we know Kyle Flood is, that all of our pursuits that we hear about in the transfer portal are guys on the defensive side of the ball. We're not talking about bringing in an offensive lineman. That tells me that Kyle Flood's liking what he's got in that stable there. Uh, and maybe maybe it's just Kool-Aid talking, but that, to me, feels like good news. Sure. I mean, I so- agree with that sentiment. Yeah, For left sure. left to right, who do y'all have? You know, left tackle. Who start who's starting game one at left tackle? I think it's Carrich. Yeah. I think it's Carrich as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then you have a red shirt freshman starting at left tackle game one. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, the only other person I could think of might be Jones. Um, I know they they like Hook Finn at tackle. Um, and you know, Christian Jones, he's new to football. I mean, he was a soccer player until his junior year of high school. So, uh, you know, him starting in the Big 12 basically the entire season last year was was a feat in itself. But I think Carriage, even though he might have some shorter arms, that might be more of a guard. Uh, but people are saying the same thing about Connor Williams and, and Sam Cosme. And if we get play at left tackle like those guys did, we're, we're set for the next four years. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not too worried about where those guys might profile ideally at the next level. I'm, I'm all about what we can do with them here. Yep. If Connor Williams is a guard at, in the NFL, if he's a great left tackle for us, that's all I yep, care about. For sure. So if, if Carriage's arms are a little short and it's going to make him a third round guy instead of a first round tackle, big as deal. As I was like our, our offensive line performed. That's all that matters to me. I, I, I mean, really, if they can just make holes and pass protect slightly, I mean, any better. Because last year there was absolutely none. No. Fine. Right. And I don't even know that you need crazy freak athletes to make that happen. Uh, that was very clearly scheme and technique that yep. were just trash. A lot of it. I mean, last year's line is going to be more talented than this year's line, um, at least in terms of experience and maybe overall talent. I mean, you know, jury's still out. But I mean, so you're, you're, you're losing Cosme, right? And you you look at what happened in his pro day. We didn't even talk about pro today. We oh, yeah. That up. So, yeah. We'll have to hit that next um, time. They they talked about how good his footwork was. And that's like a, that's natural talent, right? A big man that can move feet and do the things and keep their balance like that. That's not really taught. Um, 36 reps. <laughs> what's that? He, he repped like 36 times, uh, 225, 36 times on the bench or something stupid. Yeah, he did. He's got them stubby little nuts. arms. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, other than that, I mean, it's it's really just about developing your your big guys into explosiveness, and you know when they need to push off for the blocks on the pass protection, that's what they do. And when they need to make holes and and drive people to the sides for the run plays or 
you know, pull some stunts. And all of that, I think, is going to be much, much better under this coaching staff. Has to and be. also leveraging kind of the direction of the game and the flow of the game and the management of the game instead of calling plays from a fucking binder on third and seven or whatever it is, it's going to be feeling out. Okay. I know. And I can see that the left side of my line is fucking atrocious. Let's not run to the left side. You just didn't see that kind of shit from Tom Herman. He just called plays like it was fucking Madden and the the players were just going to play at their top band performance every single play. And that's just bogus. Yeah, Roshan Johnson behind Denzel Okafor for four for two yards on first down. And then guess what? He's gonna run him behind Junior Angelau on the left side for another two. And then guess what, Sam? It's it's third and it's third and six. Um, do something. <laughs> Just save us. Uh yeah, it's gonna be the scheme like you talked about. Um, and you know, I think I think looking at the line, you know, after left tackle, um, the left left guard is I think pretty set junior angle. is going to be the guy there. And then um, Jake Bajors at center. I think after what he did in the bowl game and against Kansas state filling in for Derek Kerstetter, um, I think he's really kind of the, the future. Um, and it, I mean, I'm not going to get ahead of me, get, get ahead of myself, but it, you know, if you told me in two years, he's the best player on the offensive line for Texas and a potential, you know, top two round pick, it wouldn't shock me. Um, just from just from watching him just in two games as a damn near true freshman, 18 year old kid. So really, the only battles we have left are right guard and right tackle. Who do y'all got? I think at right tackle, really, the question that comes up there is just how well Kerstetter bounces back. That's what I was going to say. I, I can't believe that you don't have Kerstetter as, as your starter yeah, there. I, so I was pretty big drop Jones. So I I think part of it is Kirst. I mean, that's a serious injury. Um. I mean, especially that late in the year, um, I think, you know, if I'm t- if I'm picking game one, um, who's going to start? I think it's going to be Christian Jones um, it's solely because even when Kerstetter comes back, I mean, that injury was so severe. I mean, people were saying they were like crying looking at his fucking leg like that's a problem. And it happened so late in the year. I don't expect him game one. Um, do I think he's going to p- start at some point? Absolutely. And do I think he would be the literal perfect guy to play every position on the offensive line? He's your sixth guy. I think if you have Kerstetter with his experience, he could, hey, guess what? Karish goes down for a game. He sprained his ankle. Kerstetter's in there. You know, uh, angle out, out of there. Boom. Kerstetter's in there. You know, at some point he can fill in everywhere. And I think that's ultimately where his NFL future is going to be as well. You know, draft him in the sixth round and you train him at center guard and tackle. And he's just your seventh guy off the bench where, hey, this guy's down for a week. Who can we throw in? Get Kerstetter in there. Yeah. I mean, that that all makes sense to me. I I just can't. If he's fully healthy, I think he's 100% your starting right tackle. And I think the only only wrinkle that that adds is then what to do with Christian Jones. Where is he compared to Karich uh, if if Kerstetter comes back? But I think it's sort of telling for the Kansas State game how much Karich played at left tackle even before Kerstetter goes down. Kerstetter slides over over to tackle. Uh, Carriage is in there, and you see a lot less of Christian Jones. Uh, and it's not until that injury hits that you see Jones or Christian Jones come back. So, at least for Herb Hand, that was his look at it. Obviously, we're not going to get the same look with Kyle Flood, but just based on what we see there, I, I think that sort of ins- 
installs what that pecking order is right off the bat. Yeah, I could totally see it. And, and I think that that's a good problem that you're running into. And it's a big problem that you've, you know, you're seeing for the first time. Cause I mean, we haven't even talked about Isaiah Hookfin, who most people said that if he didn't hurt his shoulder, he'd be the number two best player on the offensive line behind Sam Cosme. Um, and they were trying him at guard and, and supposedly the staff loves him at tackle. Um, so at that point you're talking about, you know, is Hookfin going to unseat a Jones, a curse center or a carriage? Um, you know, especially if he's fully healthy, which I'm totally here to see, you know, I love poaching him from Baylor during his recruitment. Um, cause old Matt rule got all butthurt about it. Um, so I would love for him to, you know, find a starting spot. And then, um, same with Tyler, uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, I've been waiting for him to break out and be a starting guard for a long time. Um, and you know, hopefully, uh, th- this year or at least this spring, he shows something where he can develop into that. Who do you think? we're going to see just play a lights out game that we weren't expecting in the spring game. Yeah. Who's breakout. Who's breakout. I mean, I think even beyond the spring game, the last two staffs that we've had come in have had someone randomly just become a a, a difference maker. You go into Charlie Strong's first season. Suddenly Michael Thompson is a really good safety for us because they put fucking glasses on it (laughs) or, uh, Who was it with with uh, Herman? You had Beck kind of break out. Uh, there's a lot of those guys where that that's what I'm interested to see is see that one guy who doesn't just flash in the spring game, but flashes the entire year. Like some guy who's been on campus forever. It might be a guy like Alvante Woodard or maybe Cade Brewer. Maybe somehow something just gets unlocked in him. Jeff Banks is just like, holy shit, I figured it out. I don't know what Herman was doing, but it's so fucking obvious to me. He took him to the Yellow Rose one time to see Pole Assassin, and it just unlocked something in his brain. Just He learned how to get freak nasty. and <laughs> it, it awakened something within the man. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, I think for me, uh, Jake Majors, you know, I already kind of wax poetic all over him, but um, I think, I think he's going to open some eyes. And um, if, uh, you know, it's been uh, center has always been um, a position where you do look for that leadership on the offense, you know, besides quarterback. I mean, it was Zach Shackelford who, um, you know, led the team starting just straight out of, you know, was it Temple or Belton? I can't remember. Um, and starting four years. And, you know, I think if if you get that same guy out of Jake Major, that's fantastic. I'm going to say I'm going to hope that it's the guy who breaks out is Tyler Owens. Uh, great just because it's going to make so many aggies online fucking <laughs> furious baby because to this point they've just gotten to be angry and feel like they have been vindicated with his lack of performance at this point i would love to see tyler owens step up whether that's at safety or whether that's through a position change to get him to be a playmaker somewhere uh be a, a nice pair with the marvion overshone you have that sideline to sideline stuff at both linebacker positions again Something like that. I'd like to see Tyler Owens have a breakout year. I just want him to move the linebacker. He, he should have been there last year. But, yeah, no, I would love to see that I, for sure. What about you, I'm a Mac? Who are you looking forward to seeing? I See, I keep coming back. I And I know it's just because he has my son's name. But I think Gunnar Helm is just going to come in and do fucking crazy shit. That guy's enormous. It's a big and dude. he's only going to get bigger. And he's fast. Hey, that's a that's a big tight end room to break out break out into, though. I mean, between I mean, if he can beat out somebody like Braden Librock, Malcolm Epps in his first year as a true freshman, all for it. You know that that'll yeah. be great to see. And then, yeah, I mean, Jatavion Sanders is still in that in that room as well as Cade Brewer and Jared Wiley. So that's I mean, that's a stacked room. And that's not even saying Juan Davis's name, who has probably the best hands on the entire team before he stepped foot on campus. So. 
Um, even though I think he might end up moving to defensive end at some point, um, he's got the build for it. So, yeah, and we've got a lot of need out there, especially with Osai moving on, uh, Bimage or whatever yep. hitting the portal. I think there's a lot of need to find that edge guy. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me to see a couple of those guys outside of just Jatavion Sanders, who's supposedly going to get looks both ways. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, um, Nate's yeah. a freak. Yeah, you can yeah. play wherever hell he wants. Just say yes, sir. <laughs> I want to play quarterback. Yes, sir. Here's the ball. <laughs> uh, see ya, Hudson. We got more stuff to talk about. Some more spring sports to talk about. There's we baseball the, going on. We beat and, the uh, shit out of South Carolina, and I defeated South Carolina. Undefeated South Carolina. Top ten, I think. And I can't wait to wear all my burnt orange into Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Cause I, I know they take their baseball seriously there and I'm going to be talking that shit with that sweep. I need to carry a broom. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. And it was going on like during the basketball game too, yep. which it was great. Oh know? yeah. The, the, I mean, how the fuck we, we got it so wrong. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got it so wrong. Just tell me. Uh, although we did, we did clean sweep Kansas for the season because they are quitters. Yep, three and zero. Yep, they quit on. Um, they quit. <laughs> on it. Yeah, they just didn't feel like playing with four. <laughs> <laughs> and then we won. I mean, first of all, the Tech game was awesome. That was a great, just fantastic game. One of the best games I've watched all year. And then we beat the shit out of Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah, it, it, wasn't it, close. it really wasn't that close. I mean, there were a couple, you know, hairy moments every now and then, but I mean, it, it, I never felt like it was ever in real danger, but big 12 champs first time ever. Crazy. You got, you felt a lot more confident. I was sure I've, I've sat through enough longhorn football. I was ready for Cade Cunningham to break some hearts. So I knew exactly what was going to happen is because I literally said on last podcast, guys, there's no fucking way we're going to win the Big 12. <laughs> the second I said those words and I started to watch us in the Big 12 championship game look halfway decent, I said, hey, guess what, dickhead? You're wrong again. <laughs> Just stop predicting things, you dumbass. And then a three seed. Yep. So it looks like the, the Nationals, the at least from the national perspective, they're still pretty high on Texas. Some I saw a guy pick him uh, to f- go to the final four. I can't remember who it was, what analyst it was, but a couple of them picked Texas go to the final four in the East. So that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. I do have, I, I have my bracket is so fucking stupid and oh, yeah. homerish. I have, obviously I have Texas winning, um, yeah. but yeah. for somehow I wasn't even looking at where the picks were. I have Texas beating Baylor in the final, <laughs> which would probably not, that'd be a weird final in general. Um, but uh, yeah, Texas getting to the final and the schools that they're going to have to get through, it's going to be a pretty rough go there. I'm not making a prediction. So you guys are welcome. Because if I say sweet 16, it's not going to happen. We lose in the first round. If I say um, we're going to win it all, um, you know what? We're going to get the first before round before we even get. Yeah. Um, if I say we lose in the first round, um, oh, we're probably going to win the national championship. You know what? I'm going to make a prediction. We lose in the first round. Either way, I'm going to look like a fucking genius. So <laughs> we either lose in the first round or we win it all. Oh, you know what's, you know, what's really fucked up. You know, it's like, ah, it's just, if the team gets COVID and can't go to the big dance, Shaka Smart definitely gets another year. Oh, you yeah. think Big Twelve Championship is like is is guaranteed oh, yeah. another year if he gets knocked out in round one? 
Ah, it's close. I don't know about round one. I think he's got. Like, he's got to get out of the ACU, first round. If you lose to ACU, are you fucking fired? It's close. Hair and all. It's a discussion. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a good conversation. I think there's an argument online, but given the amount of money that we just threw at Sark, uh, I would err on the side of, at this point, basically anything that happens is playing with house money and Shaka's back next year. Regardless. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think Shaka's back regardless after winning the Big 12 because you have enough to sell. I think that's the biggest thing with, with Shaka. Um, last year, you barely had anything to sell. You know, you you got Greg Brown in the in the boat. You didn't really have anything else to be like, oh man, we're going to be fucking great. Well, now you can be like, hey, look, we're a top 13 team. We won the Big 12. Things didn't go our way. We lost in the first round. It sucks, but shit happens in the tournament. You know, that's an easy selling point to at least, you know, recruitments and and to the boosters as well. Like, hey, look, Big 12 champs, we're going to hang a fucking banner. So you sound really cunty and like winning is hard. Right <laughs> winning <now>. is hard. <laughs> you sound you sound a lot like a guy that says winning is hard. You know what? Predictions are hard. And that, I, I prove that every single week because I make a prediction every single week and I'm just wrong every single time. <laughs> Show me a loss. It's hard, baby. Yeah, really the only thing that made me nervous looking at that bracket was as soon as I saw BYU sitting right above us in that six seed, I was like, it's it's just fucking destiny. Hey, like if someone's gonna take us out before the sweet sixteen, I was like, they for whatever reason, doesn't matter if we're significantly better, if we're significantly worse, doesn't matter. BYU is just always there, whether it's football, volleyball, t- stealing games from us in baseball. I I I am forever scarred by those couple of years against BYU. So do you think the church of Latter-day Saints God is better than the normal Christian God? <laughs> and that's why, or is that, I mean, I, I, I'm willing to just chalk it all up to the magic underwear and leave it there. That's <laughs> I'm good with that. Taysom oh, Hill's man. still running. I know that Taysom Hill's just still running. Speaking of which, didn't he get $140 million from the Saints yeah, on his contract? After one year or something? Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, if you're signing that, that you just got to sign like, hey, look, I'm going to sign with you guys. You can save whatever cap money, but I'm going to be the first billion-dollar quarterback. Like, it's a one-year, $4 million deal, but it's a billion dollars the next year. So you have to avoid it. <laughs> like, if you're going to do the, that. The man has to have some sort of Bobby Vanilla like contract right in there somewhere i i just can't believe that this guy like i i get that new orleans loves him as some sort of gadget do everything type player but when he was out there playing quarterback as the only quarterback when breeze was out hurt he was not a 140 million dollar quarterback deshaun watson's 156 million dollars so i i gotta clarify so Taysom hill's contract's not actually 140 million so it's like eleven million this year or something like that, which is still crazy fucking high. But it's you know backup quarterback. I think Tyrod Taylor has twelve point five or something like that. So it's still backup quarterback money. So the remaining three years they all void at the start of the new year next year. So basically, it's an eleven million dollar this year, and then it's he can be either cut or extended for whatever contract that the Saints want. So. Yeah, after this year, they can cut him and it costs nothing or they can extend him for whatever contract that, you know, they agree to basically. So basically it's a voidable contract that only matters. The the crazy part was the 140 million, which was like something to do with their cap. I don't know. There's still like 34 million dollars over the cap or something stupid. So it, I don't know. Either way, it was fucking crazy. And he's not a quarterback. He's terrible. I mean, it's just awful. So let's talk a little bit about recruiting. 
Do we have to? Unfortunately, there's not any fucking good news. Yeah. We were all gas, no brakes. And last week seemed a lot like a fucking brake pedal to me. This is the gas portion of the offseason because we lost our TikTok star, man. We lost Evan Stewart. That sucks. What a kick to the dick. He's gone gone yet. He's just he's just he's just reconsidering. It's a separation. Yeah, it's you know your your wife left. She's gonna go fuck five, six, seven, eight other guys, maybe a couple women, and then come back. Maybe. I mean, they always come back. That's how it works out in the movies. So, so. hope our dick's really good. That she, you know, he can taste seven, eight other dicks and then come back to ours. That would be great. <laughs> but that's it for recruiting news. Other than uh, you know, we'll talk about Malik Murphy. Oh. Uh, I mean, a fun side note as far as recruiting is concerned, I've got everyone's least favorite recruiting edit maker crying in my DMs because I talk shit about him on Twitter. I still haven't responded and it's driving him up a wall. He blocked me and I never even said a word to get him on the podcast. He should have made my Cowboys commitment video. Um, That would have been great. But (laughs) yeah, get him on the podcast. We'll just we'll it's terrible. It's Thujone does better with Microsoft Paint than that guy does actually getting paid money to make commitment. Uh, and he, I mean, I, I said something to the effect of because uh, what was it? There was there's some kid in the Texas Twitter sphere made this terrible fucking edit. So I I retweeted him and just basically talk shit said, if I ever make an edit this bad and tweeted at a kid like just fucking shoot me in the head, <laughs> shoot me in the head if that's the direction I go. And there was a set of people that lost their fucking minds. <laughs> and basically the way I defend myself is like, look, if it makes you feel any better, I'll talk shit about Hayes Fawcett being slimy because he fucking is. And apparently somehow without me actually adding Hayes Fawcett, he's up in my DMs crying about like, how am I slimy, bro? Huh? They just asked me for this shit, man. I'm like, dude, I'm not even going to fucking respond because I know it's going to piss you off even more because it's all just ego for that guy. And, oh my god! Yeah, that's that's basically one of the achievements that I'm I'm writing down on my podcast resume. You just got ripped off Hayes Fawcett, some graphic designer that just DMs sixteen year old kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we need to talk about Malik Murphy. While we're still on tangents, did you see that uh, our good friend, the five star that got bought by A and M, got arrested? Oh yeah. Oh, picked yeah. up for possession. Yep. And uh, to steal the joke that it seemed like Everybody. everyone online was making today, <laughs> uh, Damas had more possessions this offseason than he did all of last season for NBA. <laughs> Sucks to suck. I think I saw that joke like a hundred times and I'm pretty sure I made it twice. So <laughs> everyone, every, I don't know where it started, but everyone agreed. This was the joke we were uh, all going. to well, steal. It's so easy. So I got to know. So the big thing about this, this kid is well known. He's a five star. So some of, some of my Aggie friends that don't, they barely pay attention to football. You know, the two percenters, they know who Demon Demas is. Does the College Station Police Department not know? Because he had less than two ounces of weed on him, and he's getting arrested for that. It's either one thing. They're either dumbasses that, you know, they didn't know who the fuck he was. Um, Jimbo's not calling any favors and probably wants a fucking kid gone. The kid might already be in the fucking transfer portal. Or he did something so fucking bad that they're like, hey, look, this is some bad shit, but we're just going to bust you on a weed charge as a misdemeanor. Fair. 
Um, so I don't know what happened. Uh, I doubt we ever get the full story, but pretty fucking stupid. You know what we could do? We could send in oh, yeah, a baby. public information act <laughs> request to the to Texas A&M University and find out exactly what happened. I want some cop body cam footage on this Demon Demas. Show me this arrest. I want the entire record, everything that was sent to Jimbo's email oh my about God. this. <laughs> Speaking of shitty film, yeah, back on to Malik Murphy. Holy fuck, that was some bad. That was bad. Did you watch the whole thing, Josh? I know, I know, RGB three, you did. Yeah, I I watched the if you could call it a highlight video, that's what I watched. It was the every pass and run, and it did not exactly make me nearly as confident in the being a cocky asshole about oh we don't even fucking need Quinn Ewers anymore. Yeah, we need Quinn Ewers. Uh, definitely put definitely was hardcore breaks. Baby, uh, come back. That. Blame it all on me. Oh Quinn, baby, we need you back. That was bad. It was really bad. It was. It wasn't really, good. Really, it was it not wasn't good. good. I was talking about it with RGB three earlier, and I was like, I started watching the the highlight video, and I didn't know which team was which from a color perspective. And I, I saw one of these first passes, and it was like a great ball that was thrown to the receiver, and I was like, man, that's awesome. I'm so glad. And then I realized later, as I kept seeing more ducks being thrown, I was like, oh shit that we should have recruited the other guy <laughs> We should have recruited the other quarterback and then uh the sack that he took I, I just you can't take a sack like that when you're fucking bigger than the offensive lineman yep his I, his offensive line i mean there were some human cubes in there though there was one guy wearing a girdle um <laughs> another guy wearing some kind of smock i mean that offensive line was terrible so i'm going to give him so i'm just going to forget this game i'm going to drink enough um to where i just forget this game and block it out of my mind and see what it looks like next week because this was his first ever varsity game starting and his offensive line's fucking trash and i don't know if that other team's any good i think they were ranked in the state so maybe they're just really fucking good either way i don't feel great about it um like i said quinn baby come back let's go <laughs> let's... Quinn, quinn ewers as a baby played better fucking football than when i watched that's true video yeah yeah and i mean i want to give malik the benefit of the doubt i mean you got a weird season being in the spring instead of the fall you got that rhythm all fucked up first start and through that highlight video he had a couple decent throws yep. but it certainly wasn't anything where you're like this this is a bona fide five-star kid this is this project. wasn't even something where you're watching it going like this might be like a low four-star project like this looks like a long term like if this kid's willing to come to come to texas that's fine but i think for most people you're looking at it going yeah this is a two b two qb class for i mean carl wright has guy. better film uh you know uh, that lord cole lord kid has better film <laughs> We a personal well, walk on. I mean, we are piling on today, though. It, um, we're piling I, it's on. one game. It's one game, but it did. It was a bad fucking look. It you was a what? bad fucking. Look. Let's you know we we should yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what he looks like next week. I have the pass or whatever where you can watch all the games, and I'm going to watch them all um, and see if he improves because his footwork was shitty, his throwing motion was shitty. You know, let's just chalk it up to nerves, inexperience, bad offensive line. 
you know, good competition. Let's see what it looks like. Um, either way, you know, our staff's not just sitting there being blind to it all either. So I think, you know, they're, they're going to evaluate all their options. And, and I know for a fact, Quinn Ewers is still out there and it's not dead yet. So let's see where it goes from there. It's not dead. Jalen Waddle's coming soon. Gary's coming. Brock Sean Myers. Gary's the next commit. Yeah, Brock Myers. It's they're, they're all coming back home. Don't worry. I still have faith. All gas, no break. You know, you know who's uh, just ready and waiting. Oh God, Tathan Martell. Oh yeah, let's get Tathan. He committed to Sark once. Yep, he's coming back. It's the fucking long game, boys. Yeah, sixth, sixth or seventh or how old is that motherfucker now? Isn't he like thirty? <laughs> I don't know. He, I know he has a, a couple mortgages and <laughs> he's all in the same house. But yeah, he, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's got more kids that he doesn't know about than he has transfers, and he does not have very few transfers. <laughs> yeah. I think this is his sixth, five, fifth or sixth. I don't know. We went over it in one podcast, and it's. I mean, he has he has more crying training videos than I've ever seen any other human make. So that maybe that's maybe that's what it takes. I don't know, but I I know that there's a Sark tie there, and oh, God, <laughs> I can't imagine the this is a, hey, you know what? That's what we're looking for. This is a podcast game, baby. This is content. That's what we're looking for. It's content. Tathan Martell, come on down. You're not ass in my book, baby. <laughs> it's ass, my dudes. <laughs> How how did the community react to your stupid commitment? They said I was stupid. <laughs> I was, yeah, so if you missed last week's episode, I've, I decommitted from the Houston Texans a couple months ago, and I recommitted uh, to, to the Dallas Cowboys, just like a big, dumb baby idiot. Um, so my wife loves it. Um, my friends think I'm stupid. Um, the posters think I'm stupid. I think I'm stupid. So uh, at least the wife's happy. So <laughs> we'll go from there. I'm fine with it. I bought it. I bought a jersey. I, you know, I'm. I'm did you buy a Dak? Did you buy a Dak jersey? Which which color did you get? Um, I bought a white Dak jersey, and then I bought a bunch of blue T-shirts. So a bunch of blue like star T-shirts. So um, you know, a couple long sleeves. You know, a couple regular. Got a polo. That's probably what I'm gonna rock. Cause I'm not really a jersey guy to begin with. Um, but yeah, I got a white Dak jersey. Uh, so, you know, what? I'm just living the life. One of my buddies, diehard Cowboys fan, you know, never thought I'd be a Cowboys fan his entire life. He told me, he's like, dude, you are never going to be a Cowboys fan. I will never believe it. So I told him that that I'm going to take you to Jerry world and we're going to be shotgunning Miller high lifes in the parking lot. And he said, you know, if, if that's the case, I'll believe that you're a Cowboys fan. If you're shotgunning a Miller high life in a DAC Jersey, I, I think it needs some jean shorts. I think is is what the normal Cowboys attire is. So maybe some jean shorts, a Dak jersey, and just shotgunning Miller highlights in a parking lot sounds sounds like I'm going to fit right in. So you were having too much fun as a Texans fan. You're like the only way I can take this down a notch is to become a Cowboys fan. I need to I need to even it out. You were too happy. You needed more depression in your life. So I would uh, see. I I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders, and I'm not going to get into the Jack Easterby saga again. I'm sure I'm a max tired of hearing about <laughs> that <laughs> fucking charlatan preacher. That's the bane of my existence that ruined a twenty I'm just year. Gonna, I've got to get a soundboard where I've got the. <laughs> 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 but. No, being a Texans fan for the past 20 years was level four, or is it type four or level four? Type four fun. 
uh, I think Cowboys fan is going to be type three fun. Um, and you know what? I'm here for type three because it's better than type four. <laughs> Either it's way. very, it's a lot better than type four fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather be. St- I'd, you know what? I would rather be stuck on I thirty five in a fucking ice storm than be a Texans fan again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be walking on I thirty five in an ice storm than be a fucking Texans fan again. Fuck you, Bob or Cal McNair, you piece of fucking shit. Jackie should be piece of shit. Josh, do you have a do you have a pro team that you follow? Yeah. So uh, for all the connections to Texas, it's actually the. UT is basically the only Texas connection I have when it comes to sports. Everything else, I uh, grew up in Colorado my whole life, so it's basically Colorado straight through. Uh, Broncos, Rockies, when, and so I understand the charlatan preacher bullshit, incompetent franchise running deep in my bones as a baseball fan. Yeah, it's it's all Colorado. About the only one that's not Colorado is the Nuggets, and that's more because I'm just not a big NBA fan in general more than anything against the nuggets specifically holy shit i got breaking news breaking news oh, yeah Wait, viewers no god no oh no oh, but, don't care then. but it's going on with the same uh theme deshaun watson just tweeted something that off the fucking wall um deshaun watson said as a result of a social media post by a publicity seeking plaintiff's lawyer i recently became aware of a lawsuit that has apparently been filed against me I have not yet seen the complaint, but I know this. I have never treated any woman with anything other than the utmost respect. The plaintiff's lawyer claims Uh that this isn't about money, but before filing suit, he made a baseless six-figure settlement demand, which I quickly rejected. Unlike him, this isn't about money for me. It's about clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. Holy shit. So now they're trying to fucking frame him? It's probably Jack Easterby. (laughs) <laughs> it's Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby. he fucked me in the ass he got tired of having to answer the phone about deshaun watson so if every team in the league thinks that he's a fucking sexual predator they'll leave me alone and stop calling <laughs> that's all the thought that went into that right that there. was it that was smart play jack you're you're a fucking genius you piece of shit making the university of tennessee look like a bunch of geniuses god <laughs> All right, let's reach into the mailbag and wrap up the show. So we've got an awesome question from the mailbag for this time. It is your favorite fast food restaurant and what your order is from said restaurant. The the order can also just be your favorite fast food item, and then that can trump your favorite fast food restaurant. So those don't they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Ah, Josh, what you got? So I'm, I'm going to go with one that's probably going to be unfamiliar to anyone who's not in the Colorado area. Uh, favorite fast food restaurant. I don't eat a ton of fast food, but when I do, typically going for Illegal Pete's. Sounds like uh, a dispensary. I think so. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunately not a dispensary, though they do have a habit of being more or less immediately next door to one. <laughs> uh, but they're kind of in that Chipotle vein where it's got that build your own burrito, watch them build it right in front of you type of thing. Uh, but the big thing that Illegal Pete's has going for it is they do green chili and they smother their burritos. So I go chicken burrito uh, and then I get that Colorado style, which is half and half smothered in green chili and queso. Nice. Nice for me. That's pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, I fucking hate green chilies. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, 
Um, I went to New Mexico and just everything just tasted like green chilies and it was terrible. Um, I mean, everybody knows that your brain's retarded. That's so true. Okay. Yeah, my brain, my brain's all <laughs> kind of fucked up. So <laughs> my palate's all kind of. You're, you're a very highly regarded individual. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. But I think I have a good palate for food. Um, for me, I'm a Whataburger guy, um, Texas guy. Uh, Whataburger, give me the double meat and cheese, uh, number two, uh, with bacon. Got to add the bacon. Um, and I love the just regular fancy ketchup with fries and a big old Diet Coke. Um, but you got to bring the A1 Thick and Hearty Burger back. They they lost it. It was the, basically a number two with grilled onions and A1 sauce on it, which is the only use of A1 sauce. You can put it on a burger. Don't put it on your steak. The best burger on the fucking planet. When you get that cheese in between the two patties. Oh, my God. Make me fucking hungry. <laughs> you're making my yeah, you're making my mouth water. I have not eaten dinner yet. And Macaroni in a pot, maybe. And I'm, you know, I was gonna just go inside and and eat some leftovers, but I think now I may be taking a trip to Whataburger. Hey, I'm not gonna steer you wrong. I promise you that. So what you got? So, so what I've got is I'm gonna go national, right? Ooh, I'm it. gonna go with the old, reliable, the staple of fast food. The premier vendor of all fast food, McDonald's. Got it. Love it. But let me blow your fucking mind. Let me fucking melt your brain. Get a Big Mac, but substitute quarter pound patties. Whoa. Okay. So you're looking a little best fast food burger there is. Because it's fresh, never frozen. This is the new, the new quarter pound patties, not the old ones. Right. The new fresh, never frozen ones that are actually pretty tasty. So you're making a thick boy sandwich. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, a Big Mac with replaced quarter pound patties. I asked for a little bit of extra Mac sauce and extra pickles because that's just the way that I like it. And uh, and you're already you're already super custom. And so McDonald's hates custom. So you oh. may as well just fucking pile it on at that point. They're spitting. In your They're already right. spitting in your food. So you might as well get everything else exactly. to like to exactly. wash it out. And so I get one of those and, and you have to wash it down like immediately with a hot and spicy. With oh, yeah. The hot and spicy. It's like a tandem. It's like a tandem thing. But that is that's an excellent fast food order. Oh, that's um, I would. You know, I love Taco Bell. Right. Oh, yeah. I love I love, 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 love Taco Bell. But um, there is no superior order at Taco Bell because you like it doesn't. They're all just called different things. It's all the same food. Tortilla with meat, cheese and vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) Whether or not the tortilla is a little crunchier makes no difference. Yeah, Yeah, it's yeah. It it literally all tastes the same in your mouth after like six chews. Yeah. And it all comes out the same too. <laughs> it does. Yeah, well, I'm going to spin off from, you mentioned McDonald's, which is easily my favorite fast food fry. When those bitches are hot and salty, what do y'all got? Favorite, favorite fast food fry. Oh, French fries? Yeah, French fry. Yeah, I love the McDonald's fries. Whataburger's great as well. You know, when they no, get cold, they're no, kind of no. chicken. McDonald's is like superior to, to Whataburger for sure. Oh, for fries. sure. I, I like... um. I like really thin fries. That's oh, kind of yeah. like why I like McDonald's fries. Yep. But P. Terry's fries, if you ask them to fry them extra, are unreal. They're just so good. Because you can't get past the like super organic potato thing that they're yeah. doing. And, and that's they, what In-N-Out But does. just getting them extra crispy. 
I had it in and out one time, and that was one time too many. Their fries are inedible because yeah, it's like the famous no, potato, good. and it's all thick, and then they barely fucking fry them. It tastes like eating a raw potato. It's terrible. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, for fries, uh, if I'm going for just your your sort of standard fry, I do like. I it might just be because they give it to you in mass fucking quantity at Five Guys, oh, but that, that's my go to there. But I, the only thing I'd like to throw in there is I wish more restaurants would sort of embrace Chick-fil-A's waffle fries yep. because the texture of a waffle fry, I think, is superior to every other type of fry, but it could be better than what Chick-fil-A delivers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm a Mac, I'm a shoestring guy, like some shoestring potatoes. Like if you ever eaten at a Freddy's Steak Burgers, they make a... Oh, dude, I love Freddy's. Yeah. Dude, but- Freddy's, who their fries are incredible. Those small ones, a lot of salt on them, a lot of crisp. Yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. The Cajun fries at Five Guys, also fantastic. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a big waffle fry guy as well, but sometimes Chick-fil-A, they fuck them up. Sometimes they're just a vessel for the sauce because they're cold, mm-hmm. soggy at the bottom. They're just okay. They're average to me. I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of uh, chili cheese tater tots from Sonic. Oh, yeah. We're talking about potato products. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we could do another hour on on just on tots <laughs> and fries at this point. Like I, y'all got me going at this point. You know, we could go. We could do best, worst, top five, bottom five. I mean, I think it was right about the Super Bowl. It might have been from you guys talking about it at Pluckers. And then for whatever reason, my mom was like, oh, this is what I'm making for the Super Bowl. Everyone for like a week there. All I heard about was we're making fucking tachos, dude. Tachos, tachos, tachos. I'm like, what the fuck am I missing? Where where did I miss that I was supposed to make tachos this week? Because everyone else did except for me. So I was going to do that. Uh, my wife shot it down. Uh, we had a couple friends come over two, three weeks ago. I told her I wanted to make tachos, but I'm going to smoke the queso to pour over the tachos. And then we we're just going to regular like deep fry tater tots. And then I was going to sm- have smoked queso over the tachos um, that got shot down immediately. Um, she called me a fatty. So love you. wife. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, I think today was a, a great show. Good job, gentlemen. Yeah. Thanks for stepping in got through quite a bit today. Yeah. Yeah, Josh, you know, uh, shout out your podcast to the Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast. Um, you know, we're not doing that name anymore on the board, but uh, your podcast is always a fantastic listen. I always make sure I check it out. Yep, yep. The Fire Steve Sarkeesian podcast uh, stuck on Horns Cast there with Will Bazer, your previous podcast guest a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we're part of Horns Cast. Find us on Spotify, everywhere else. I think we're going to get started posting some shit on YouTube here pretty soon. Um, and then follow us on Twitter uh, at the FSS podcast and see us apparently piss off Hayes Fawcett a little bit. more. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then uh, stick, stick around uh, next week, guys. We're going to have a really big interview coming up. Um, not that Josh isn't a great, fantastic guest, but yeah, we have a really big interview coming up for you guys. Um, hopefully he's feeling better and uh, can give you all some more great content. If you could, and, and, and I will leave you with this thought. If you could ask a former player from, one of the last two coaches, any question then a serious one, not just a serious, like a troll fucking question. Something like that will get us pl- another player on later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Immediately. You can't, can't piss them off and have them hang up. Uh, put those, put those in, in the podcast or the mailbag thread. Um, we do have a lot of questions that we're going to ask, but we should at least bring one, maybe two from the community. For sure. And uh, and say we're not. This isn't us. This is the, the dickhead uh, on yeah. the internet, an anonymous 
a guy who has an avatar of a clown fucking a monkey. That's <laughs> who this guy is. So a representation of, of his character. Uh, and we can ask. Absolutely. Anyway, with that, hook him. Hook him. Hook him. <laughs>